today. We recently began a new series here at Walk Church. This is actually the fifth installment of this series that we've titled Identity Theft. Identity Theft. And we've been putting the magnifying glass on this man in the Bible named David. And we've been asking God, what are some life identity lessons that we could learn from David's life as we survey the scriptures and ask God to speak? I love how Jason put it just there as he shared that the scripture is sufficient to speak to us today from God. I love this quote that I've always uh, remind myself of. If we ever need to hear an audible voice from God, just read your Bible out loud, right? God will speak to you uh, through his word because he is a God who speaks. Last week we talked about the subject of armor and how armor is is originally intended to protect you. But when, when, when you wear somebody else's armor, it can paralyze you, right? Just how I put a picture of my son Epaph on the uh, screen, and he had some of my shoes on, and he couldn't move. He was trying to walk in them, but he kept tripping. He kept falling. And when we try to be somebody else, that, that's what will happen to us. We try to put other people's armor on. And, and David is preparing for this battle that he just jumped into. Uh, he heard Goliath um, talking stuff that what didn't need to be shared, some trash talking, about God's people, the Israelites. And David says, isn't this a cause? Isn't this a cause to do something? Isn't this a cause to step up and to step out? And he looks at Saul, the king of Israel, and he says, are you gonna do something? Are you just gonna let him say what he says to us about our God and about us? And Saul says, I'm not gonna do a thing. And David says, well, I'll go get the job done because of my faith in God. And at first, right, at first Saul says, you're, you're too small, you're not strong enough, you're not big enough, you're not experienced enough, you're not, you're, you're not, you're but, you're, you're but a young man. He's been a man of war since his youth. And I love David's response, he says, but I come in the name of the Lord. And I think that was a game changer for Saul. I think even Saul needed that reminder, he said, wow, when we come in the name of the Lord, when we step into the to the atmosphere, even to the battles of life in the name of the Lord, we step in the name of victory. And we have him on our side. That's why I love our shirt, Jesus Wins. Because I need that reminder that I'm on the winning team. And I believe we all do from day to day need to just remind us that we are on the winning team. And David says that to Saul, and Saul says, all right, you know what, go ahead, I'm gonna put my armor on you. And David says, I I cannot go trying to be like you. I need to be me and I'm ready. And so let's go ahead and pick it up right there in verse 38 through 40. Uh, We'll go ahead and recap these few verses and that will lead us into our main text for today. If you're ready, say ready. Ready. If you're hungry, say let's eat. Verse 38 says, then Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail and David strapped his sword over his armor. He tried in vain to go, for he had not tested them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. So David put them off. And if you weren't here last week, that's your word this morning. If you're trying to be like somebody else, put it off. Be you and be the person who God created you to be. Be like Christ if you're going to be like anybody and learn from him. But David says, I'm going to put them off. Let's continue reading into verse 40. Then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook 
and put them in his shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand and he approached the Philistine. He approached the Philistine. I want to preach a message to you today that I'm titling, Bring What You Have. Bring What You Have. Father God, I thank you for this word that you've given me this morning, but this word that you've given us today here at Walk Church on this special day. What a powerful name it is. So Jesus, help us to see us through your lens today. God, I don't want to see my identity through what somebody else thinks about me. I'll always be let down. I don't want to see my identity, even what I think about myself. I'll let myself down. God, I want to see my identity for how you see me today, God. And Jesus, I pray that everybody in the room today would hear you speak to them, God. That you're just calling us to approach you, Jesus, and approach life and to bring what we have and trust you with the results. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. We see David prepare for this battle here, doesn't he? And, and, and Saul says, all right, in order for you to battle, you got to be like me. So here, take my armor. And I think part of it was good intent, right? Saul was like, I don't just want to send you in there by yourself. Like, at least, like, put a helmet on, dude. Like, come on. <laughs> and helmet, he puts the helmet on. It almost takes him down, you know? And so David says, look, I have enough to get the job done. I have, I have a su sufficient amount of resources that God has equipped me with right now to get the job done. I love verse 40. It says, he took his staff in his hand. He was a shepherd. That was his occupation, right? He was leading the sheep. And he said, this is what I've used then. This is what I'll use today. He chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's pouch, I love those five smooth stones. A lot of times, I was doing some commentary, some, 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 some work on these smooth stones. A lot of times we think they're little marbles. These were actually pretty big stones. Um, they were like, imagine like five smooth baseballs, you know, that he, he put, and these were heavy stones that he put in his shepherd's pouch. They could do some damage. I had this idea that they were those, those little earth stones, right, that have peace written on it or something like that. And David's just like, <laughs> you know, like... These were bigger and badder and tougher but smoother than those, all right? They were smooth. I love, how, I love the biblical detail that the author gives us there. Let's go ahead and keep reading to see all that happens next. Verse 48 through 54. Verse 41, I'm sorry, verse 41. All the way to verse 47 is what we'll start with. And the Philistine moved forward and, and came near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. Verse 42, and when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. Verse 43, and the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Verse 44, let's continue reading. The Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. And then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. All caps, all caps, L-O-R-D, right? Don't have a lowercase L, Lord. That's not the Lord we believe in. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you really messed up, bro, you defied. All right? Verse 46. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, 
and I will strike you down and got really gangsta on him, I'll cut off your head. Jeez, David. I think usually in the kids' ministry, we're like, if you stop there, like, like I'm going to strike you down. The end. <laughs> David's like, and I'm going to cut your head off. We can say that in big church. And, I'm gonna get, and I will give you the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that, that, that there is a God in Israel. Verse 47, and that all this assembly, David said, I want everybody to know. I want the whole assembly to know. I don't, I don't just want you and your team to know. I want our people to know that, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves. Check this out. Not with sword and spear as if you could, you could build something strong enough. Or you could boast, in, well, my sword got the job done. Or my spear is sharper than yours. No, he says, that's not how the Lord saves. That's not what the Lord is focused on. For the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you into our hand. I love this example here that we see in the life of David. David steps onto the scene, right? And Goliath is defying him. He's saying, well, you, you're gonna, this little guy, this is the best you got? And all he has is a stick in his hand, a staff, right? Am I, he says, am I a dog? Are you gonna like play fetch with me? Like, what are you doing, David? And David's like, dude, I'm gonna cut off your head. Like, come on, man. Like, do you see his confidence? You see his godly, bold confidence? This approach that we should have, like, I think sometimes we fight for, for the victory. But the reality is, in the Lord, we already have the victory. When you already know that you won, you don't have to, like, have this, like, scaredness, like, I don't know if we're going to win or not. Like, I, I'm going to come, but we, I, I might get you. No, David's like, I've already won. Like, my God is so much bigger than you, so much stronger than you, Right? Like we say, we don't, we don't tell God, God, my storm is so big. We tell the storm, my God is so big. Like, storm, you need to calm down. My God is so big. He's so strong. He has, uh, this may not fully make sense to me, uh, to, to, to you, because it took me a year of living in Kentucky to understand this verse, but I love when David says that my God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. In other words, what he was saying there, he's like, hey, my God has all of the resources. He owns all the cattle. He owns all the hills. He owns all the resources. He owns all the food. He owns the air. God has like a unlimited supply of air that he gives us. But what would you do if he like took it up? And you're just like, I need the air back, God. Like, thank you for your air. God's like, hey, I can take care of this. And David has this confidence about him as he speaks back to the enemy. So there's a real principle that we can learn from David's life here when it comes to identity. Let's go ahead and highlight this in verse 47. I wanna highlight this really quick because it's important. He says, and that all the assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hand. David speaks back to the enemy. In this case, it was Goliath. And he speaks back the word of the Lord. He speaks back confidence in the Lord. He speaks back faith in the Lord. And there's this principle all throughout the Bible that we see about the power of speaking back. And I want to encourage you as, as the enemy, and the enemy could be multiple things. In this case, it was Goliath. But we do have an enemy uh, today. For example, in John 10, verse 10, Jesus says that God has come to give life and life abundantly, but the enemy comes to steal, 
kill, and destroy. We do have an enemy. We can call him out by name. His angelic name is Lucifer. Um, he, his, his earthly name is, is Satan as the accuser. Some would also know him as the devil. And let me tell you something. As we get ready to uh, enter into this Halloween season, there's going to be people dressing up like the, the devil, right? They got their red mask on and their pitchfork and like, ah, right? And that's not how the devil comes to us. That's not, the devil's too smart for that, right? The devil's not going to, he, he knows um, that they won't listen to that person. He's going to come up in a very sleek, crafty way Actually, the scripture says that he'll, he'll clothe himself like an angel. He'll even speak with the voice of an angel. And he'll begin to twist God's word just a little bit. And what happens then, if you listen long enough, he'll begin to twist your identity. He'll say, you know what, you're, you're not quite good enough. You need to do more. Or you don't quite look beautiful enough. You need to look more like her. Or you don't feel good enough and you need to go back to what you used to do in order to regain that feeling. And all those things will begin to tamper with our true identity, which is in him. And that we have fullness of joy, fullness of power, fullness of grace, fullness of strength when we're, we're closest with God, not farthest from him. And the enemy would love to just steal our identity and say this to you. In this case, he would love to whisper to you and say, you know what? You don't have enough. Exactly what Goliath says to David. He says, you got a stick? You got some, some stones? You're going to defeat me? And there's this identity shift that you may think today, in order for me to be effective in the kingdom of God, I need to have more degrees, or I need to have more Bible scriptures memorized, or I need to, um, I need to stop doing this and start doing that. And there, there, there's nothing wrong with some of the things I said. All those things are good. We don't want to demonize them. However, we don't see David here say, all right, I got to run back and do like five years of training, and then I'll fight Goliath. David says, actually, what I have right now is, is good enough. And I love this phrase, maybe you've heard it before, um, but, but it's that God call, doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called, right? Or God does, doesn't, uh, God, God equips the called, right? God doesn't call the equipped. I, I think I said that backwards. God doesn't call the equipped, right? He, he equips those whom he has called. And I believe that there's a calling on all of our lives today. In Christ, we're all called to him. We're all called to this service in the kingdom. We're all, call, we're, we're all called to this relationship with Jesus. And Jesus says, when you have a relationship with me, you have an enemy on the other side who would love to steal, kill, and destroy you. And you have this glorious opportunity to set other people free and rescue other people with the gospel. And not only that, in yourself as well. And you have this identity of somebody who's been saved, set free, bought with the blood of Jesus. He's died for you. He's rose from the grave. He's defeated the enemy. And he lives inside of us if you believe in him and you live in him and you walk in him then you can approach the battle like David does here and he says I come to you in the name of the Lord and that's where my confidence is that, that's where my focus is and I just need to bring what I have and David shows up here at the battle scene and he says look I don't got much but I got enough and I want to encourage you with this, this word this morning and maybe it's just a word for you that God has equipped you with enough for this moment in your life right now, for this moment today, for what God has called you to do today, God has given you enough. 
You don't have to go be somebody that you're not. You don't have to go do something, right, that God hasn't called you to do. You just need to look, like stare at it for a second. Say like, whoa, I, I got enough. And, and here's what Jesus says. If you just bring that to me, I'll do the rest. Right, so David here steps out and he goes, all right, God, I got, looks like there's five stones next to the brook. I do got a sling shot because that's kind of what I do. Um, I can use that. And I still got my staff in case I need to fend them off. I got enough. I'm going to bring that to the Lord and I'm going to trust that God will do the rest. Let's go ahead and keep reading and let's see what happens. Verse 48. When the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. Verse 49. David put his hand in his bag took out a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the ground. Wow. Nobody, nobody else said wow. I, was just, I guess I'm just wowed by the shot. Like, bang, like, fell to the ground. I believe it. Verse 50. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. There was no sword in the hand of David. Why does, why does the author have to put that in there? Because he really wants us to know. He like wants us to like, like, like get it. He didn't have a sword. Like there was no like conspiracy. Well, he really had a secret sword. He had an invisible sword. He had like a, like a, a, a taser. He shot him really quick. And then, you know, like, like, no, no, no. I want you to like really know that you know that you know that God did that. Like that is miraculous grace and strength from from God so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone struck the Philistine killed him there was no sword in the hand of David verse 51 now watch this then David ran and stood over the Philistine somebody say oh snap <laughs> took his sword drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it not only does God want to free you from the enemy God's going to use the enemy's sword to cut his own head off with it oh my goodness Wow. God's like, hey, let me tell you something. I'm going to use the, what the enemy meant for evil to even do it back to him. Just step out and trust me. Just trust me. Like, use, bring what you have. Bring what you have and watch God do the rest. We see it here. He, he killed him, cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they were like, I'm leaving. Right When the demons are like, well, listen, this person really is serious about their faith and they're using the things that the enemy used to use to now redeem those things and now to set other people free, the demons are like, yo, I'm going to go mess with somebody else. This is the real deal right here. The men of Israel and Judah rose with a shout, pursued the Philistines as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron. So the wounded Philistines fell on the way from Sherim, as far as Gath and Ekron, verse 53, and the people of Israel came back from chasing the Philistines and they plundered the camp. Verse 54, and David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem. Good night. <laughs> but he put his armor in his tent. Wow. So like David is literally walking around with Goliath's head. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying like, this is, this is wild. This is wild. But I think David wanted to make a point. And the point was not that David's strong because everybody in the whole city knew that he wasn't. 
right? I love when David shows up at the camp and David's oldest brother, Eliab, was like, dude, why are you here? And David goes, what did I do now? Like a typical like brother to brother, like, geez. And Eliab says, look, you're not strong enough. You're not ready. You're but a youth. And David said, but I come in the name of the Lord. I step in the name of the Lord. I don't show up by myself. I come in the name of Jesus. He's already won the battle. You can step into an atmosphere and literally change it. Like the atmosphere can change it. I was playing on a basketball team not too long ago. And I was sitting on the bench. And my coach was getting really excited. And out of his mouth slipped an F word. All right. I just, and, then, and then all of a sudden he looks at me. He goes, I'm sorry. And I was just sitting there like, I didn't even say anything. Like, it's like, but j just you being here though, just is different. Just like there's an atmosphere shift by just you being here. You could step into a room and Jesus himself will step into the room and, and be like, whoa, what, who's in the room? I'm going to give you, give you all a praise report because I just want to celebrate with you on certain things. Um, I heard this not too long ago and we love our staff here at Schofield Middle School and we do a cookout for the staff here at Schofield once a month and we love doing that and if you want to get involved and be a volunteer at that you're invited to we have some amazing teachers that go to our church here and we thank thank the Lord for them um, but I was I was doing the cookout and I don't usually do a ton of the cooking I just do some of the serving I you ever, bring what you have all right I don't want to mess it up I do my part others do their part but I remember I was, uh, I was doing a, a little scooper. I think I was unfolding maybe like a burger bun or something like that. And this teacher, I wish I got her name. I'm going to find her name. Here's what she said to me. She said, Hayden, I just want you to know every time you guys come, it's a breath of fresh air. Wow. Isn't that why the church exists? Right? Can we bring, can we bring fresh air into the school? Right? Can't we bring fresh air into the school? Bring what you have. We might not have a ton of resources to bring here, but we, we can bring what we have. And, and, and that is the story for, for yourself too. I don't know what you have today, but I would encourage you to show up to the battle. What, what's the battle? The battle is the battle of life. Like the moment you leave here, you're back into the battle. You're back running the race. You're back get exhausted and tired. That's why we have charge groups. That's why weekly we meet in different homes and have small groups in homes and we do food and we encourage each other. Like we have intentional moments where we might just highlight somebody. Like we might just say, hey, well, I just want us to encourage Nick right now. Everybody, let's start encouraging him. Right? No. <laughs> See, that was encouragement for him. Uh, but like moments like that, right? I need that. I need that. You need that. You need to be a part of that. Get charged up because the battle is serious. It's the real deal. I want to give you all one more illustration of this principle because I believe that everything that we read in the Old Testament is there to serve the New Testament. Jesus says to the Pharisees who knew the Old Testament better than you and I could ever know it. The Pharisees were the religious elite. They were memorizing the law. And Jesus speaks to them and he says, he says, you study the scriptures, but the scriptures all point to me. So I, what I always love doing is I love looking at Old Testament texts like David and Goliath or whatever it may be. And I love pointing to Jesus because Jesus is in it. So let's look at one more example of this and then we'll close today. I want us to turn in our Bibles to John chapter 6 
And I want us to read this story really quick. And it's a story that is an awesome story in the Bible and I would encourage you to maybe revisit it later because we don't have enough time to really unpack all of it. But I just want you to check this out with me here today. If you're ready, say, keep going. All right, so, so Jesus has been on this journey with the disciples, all right? He's, he's been walking with them, his 12. There's a whole lot of other people that decided to follow along as well. And he, he goes up to a mountain. And let's pick it up from here. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Verse 3. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand, verse 5, lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? I love what happens next. He said this to test them. For he himself knew what he would do. Don't you love Jesus, right? Sometimes Jesus might put a test on you. He he knows what he's going to do. He wants to see how you're going to respond. He knows that he's going to, look, he's already got what he needs. He just needs you to do it. He just wants you to just step out. Step out, bring what you have, and I'll do the rest. Let's see this on display here. He said this to test them. Let me see what Philip, let me see what Philip's going to do. For he himself knew what he would do, seven. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. He's saying, look, if we had 200 denarii, right, then maybe we could get enough pieces of bread that I could take a bite and pass it. You could take a bite and you could take a bite and then we can kind of cut it in thirds and then we could take a bite. He said, and that still wouldn't be enough for each person to even get a little piece. In other words, Jesus, are you serious? Why would you ask me that? Verse eight, one of his disciples, Andrew, has enough faith to actually answer the question probably how Philip should have. Like, Philip gotta, Philip gotta ask. And Philip was sarcastic and lost his chance. Andrew says, who was Simon Peter's brother, said to him, well, there is a boy who's here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they for so many? Now, let's consider the boy for a second, right? Can you see him? Like, all these people made this long journey the text says that there was 5,000 men in parentheses not including women and children so potentially there was double that there could have been 10,000 people following Jesus on this mountainside that's a lot of people right like there's 1,200 students and and teachers or 1,300 that go to this school so let's just say like nine full Schofields are just following Jesus and our church too right and we're hungry and we, we followed him to the mountainside, and it's getting late, and we're like, man, I'm hungry. I need some food. And I love this little young boy who, who did the new age thing. He meal prepped. Does anybody meal prep? I can't stand the meal. If you meal prep, God bless you. You're, you're, you're strong. All right? But this little boy is like, I meal prepped. I got two pieces of bread, right? I got, I, got, I got some fish. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what that can do, but maybe it can do something. You see the principle? Bring what you have. He says, Jesus, have the people sit down. Now, now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, about 5,000 in number, 
Hopefully the women and children sat down too. We'll fill in the blank. Verse 11. Jesus then took the loaves. They were probably already sitting down. Jesus then took the loaves. And when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish. As much as they wanted. Wow. As much as, like... Like y'all ever been to one of those food places and they, you go to get a scoop and they're like, shake a little bit out first and then they give you the scoop and you're like, why'd you have to shake it out? Like, why couldn't you give me the full scoop? I hate that. It's just my personal thing that I need to work on. It's just, I need to work on something too. Like, you're like, I want the full scoop of rice. Don't shake it out. All right. But they got, they got a full scoop as much as they wanted. I didn't get an amen on, no, no one feel, y'all can't, y'all can't relate. I get a, a testimony. Verse 12, and when they had eaten their fill... He told his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. Jesus isn't about wasting here. So they gathered them up and they filled how many baskets? Twelve, Twelve baskets. How many disciples are there? Twelve. Twelve baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. Verse 14, when the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. Jesus does a miraculous moment here because this little young man decided to speak out and say, hey, this is what I have. Young boy, can you, can you imagine he goes home? Mom, Jesus took my lunch today and fed 10,000 people. Like, you got to believe. You got to believe. I got a basket left over to show it. Right, like... Wow, what a gift. And if Jesus can take the, 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 the two loaves and the, this little boy's happy meal and multiply it to feed everybody that was following, the, the call to you today is to just bring what you have and to trust him with the result. Philip said, I found this little boy. He's got a little sack lunch, but I got enough faith that you can use it to feed everybody, including me too. Let's go. And Jesus said, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the person who brings all that they got, who has enough faith that I could get the job done, that I can just go ahead and bless it, and then use you. Look, Jesus said, I'm going to use y'all to feed them. Like, I'm going to use you to serve a basket. The people are going to be like, yo, Philip, where'd you get all that food? I don't know. Jesus just did it. The little boy, take some. Take as much as you want. Like, they were super full. Like, man, I can't even eat anymore. And the disciples got it all, all the leftovers. My encouragement to you today is this. Bring what you have. We're going to close with this last verse. I just want you to read it on the screen. It's Proverbs chapter 3, uh, verse 5 and 6. And it's an awesome memory verse. And our worship team can begin making their way back up as we just respond to this word today and we reflect on what God is speaking to us. I want you to read it off the screen with me on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Three, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Isn't that a good word? Isn't that a good reminder right there? I need that reminder. Maybe you're, maybe you're in this place. Maybe you're in this place where you're like, I don't know which path to take. I got a lot of different paths to take. Maybe you just got one path to take, and you don't want to take it. He says to us, if you just trust me with all your heart, don't lean on your own understanding. Isn't that what the Israelites were doing? They're like, hey, our understanding tells us that David, you're too small. And your staff and your smooth stones, 
can't defeat that guy. Uh, doesn't our understanding tell us that, you know what, Jesus, we don't have enough money to even feed half the group? Doesn't our understanding sometimes say, the little boy only has a sack lunch? It's not going to get the job done. He says, don't lean on your own understanding. Don't depend on that. Seek his will in all you do, and then he will show up and show you which path you're supposed to take. He'll show up and he'll show you. It's a promise from his word. Bring what you have.